Welcome to the Ember Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today as we gather together to wrestle with the ways that these ancient texts collide with our everyday lives as 21st century people. Using art, music, and the world around us as our guide, we hope to breathe new life into these texts and that our conversations spark as much curiosity and creativity for you as they do for us. Hi, I'm Jeremy Grafe, and I'm one of the leaders at Ember Faith Community. Hi, I'm Allison Spooner, and I'm the pastor at Faith Emmanuel and Hope Presbyterian Churches. Hi, I'm Kelsey Wallace, and I'm a PhD candidate at Drew University. For this season of the Ember Podcast, we're talking about the book of Revelation. Whether you're a Christian or not, we hope you'll join us in exploring how the apocalyptic poetry in the book of Revelation challenges power structures, helps us to look at the way we use power, and invites us to resist oppression. This is especially relevant for Christians who are called to witness to God's grace, but we hope the Ember Podcast can help spark meaningful conversations for people who have other beliefs as well. Thanks for tuning in. Then I heard a loud voice from the temple telling the seven angels, Go and pour out on the earth the seven bowls of the wrath of God. So the first angel went and poured his bowl on the earth, and a foul and painful sore came on those who had the mark of the beast and who worshipped its image. The second angel poured his bowl into the sea, and it became like the blood of a corpse, and every living thing in the sea died. The third angel poured his bowl into the rivers and the springs of water, and they became blood. And I heard the angel of the waters say, You are just, O Holy One, who are and who were. For you have judged these things, because they shed the blood of saints and prophets. You have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And I heard the altar respond, Yes, O Lord God, the Almighty, your judgments are true and just. The fourth angel Welcome to the podcast. Um, this week we're talking about Revelation chapter 16. And I think the first thing that jumps out at me in this chapter is the ick factor. I mean, we've got like rivers of blood. We've got like blood from corpses. We've got open sores. It's just gross. Like that's the first thing that I think about. It is a really a visceral chapter. There's just a lot going on that's hits you in the stomach. Um or the heart <laughs> uh, as we move through all this imagery. But the blood thing that stands out to me is this part where we hear from the angel of the waters and it's saying all these things. And one of the things it says is because they shed the blood of the saints and the prophets, you, meaning God, have given them blood to drink. It is what they deserve. And at the point where we read, you've given them blood to drink, um, on, on one hand, that's a really disgusting image, but it made me think of communion. We, we say that you know, every time we take communion, that this is the cup of, of Christ's blood, um, which is, it's like simultaneously disturbing and comforting, even in the context of communion. I, I think that's, that's part of the point. It is supposed to disturb us a little bit. Um, but it strikes me that there's a sort of double meaning to what this angel is saying. Um, 
the angel seems to be proclaiming a, a sort of damnation on, on whoever has shed the blood of the saints and the prophets um, be, and they've been given this blood to drink and it serves them right. But on the flip side of that, uh, we see communion as we've been given this blood, this cup of salvation that is, it is a saving grace um, and a positive thing. So it's almost um, sort of a, an ironic twist of the language there. I think it's interesting that it says the the blood is what they deserve because, I mean, thinking about communion the way that I think about communion, it's nothing like the, the, the grace that we get from God is nothing that we deserve. Like we actually, diver- we actually deserve the opposite most of the time. So I think it's interesting language that it says like you deserve this in terms of like wrath, but like we, we think of God as being the one who is extending blessing and grace like always yeah we get that the cup of salvation is not what we deserve (laughs) right like the the invitation to the table is you know in spite of everything that we've done wrong god loves us god loves us on our best days god loves us on our worst days like um lance mullins of um, wisdom's table has said i've heard him say this a couple of times like God loves you on your most productive day, and God loves you when you're a hot mess. And I I think there's something to that. It's interesting, too, the blood imagery and that God is giving them this bowl of wrath or bowl of blood to drink. um, Because typically in, like, sacrificial systems, the blood is not consumed and is set aside um, for God. So now we have this kind of flip measure of we set this aside for God when we go to sacrifice animals in the temple or, you know, at the altar. And now this blood is being poured back out, like, all over the place in, in the form of this, like, metaphorical image of wrath, which I don't know that I don't know too much more about that than what I just said, but I think it's an interesting connection. Well, there's also um, echoes of um, the Exodus plagues. I mean, river of blood and sores and darkness. I mean, that that's pretty specific so i you know we've talked about in previous episodes how um revelation is constantly referencing other scriptures but very rarely does it quote other scriptures and i think this is another example of that you know as we have this conversation it's sort of coming to the front of how what a powerful and um a paradoxical symbol blood is because it's so connected with our idea of life it's a life force but it's also connected with death um and i think we almost see both of those things happening in this chapter yeah like somebody can be blood of my blood flesh of my flesh right but someone can also be bloody handed Mm -hmm. well and i think that life and death are in a way like everything we proclaim about our faith like dying to this world and embracing a life that's bigger and more beautiful than anything that we could have kind of in this worldly moment. Yeah. Kind of along those same lines, if we're looking at this as kind of encapsulating the gospel message of dying and rising life and death, um, as we've been moving through revelation, I've 
started to see it more and more as another gospel, but rather than a gospel told from a historical narrative perspective, it's sort of this cosmic perspective that's not quite within this realm of time and space and things happen sort of simultaneously to each other. So um, when we get to verse 17 and there's a loud voice that comes from the throne saying, it is done. Uh, to me, that's, that's the moment of the crucifixion um, in this cosmic scope, um, echoing the Gospel of John, it is finished. Um, again, that's another reference that Revelation has, but it's not a quote. Um, and, you know, we don't know the order of when John was written versus when Revelation was written. So it might have been part of the tradition of the people um, worshiping Christ all along. But I think that we can see that as a reference to Christ's uh, crucifixion. Even the see him coming like a thief, like blesses is the one who stays awake and is clothed. I mean, that I mean that's a feature of apocalyptic literature. But as kind of Spoon mentioned, that's also a feature of the Gospels, and the Gospels are in a way apocalyptic, um, sometimes explicitly and and certainly as a whole. Um, each of them have elements that echo what's happening in Revelation. But I think too, like to your point about the moment of crucifixion, you get the earthquake, you get the thunder, you get these like portents and signs when something big and giant is happening and you get them here too. Um, the part that always strikes me about this moment is that the islands flee and the mountains are nowhere to be found. Like, like I just have this image of them scurrying away and just being almost wiped from the map. And if you've been playing along, I mean, we're running out of things to wipe off the map at this point. So this, this image of creation being undone, we're getting pretty close to there being not quite anything really left. So we've been talking a lot about refrains and echoes as we discuss Revelation 16 this week. In your coming week, maybe reflect a little bit on what kind of echoes are happening in your own lives. What echoes of God's grace kind of keep coming back over and over again what patterns of repentance do you notice as you think about the events of your life? As we work through this text, we want to make sure that we are also in conversation with you, our listeners. So we invite you to reach out to us with questions, comments, and we'll be addressing these as we go on in subsequent podcasts. You can send your questions to emberfaithcommunity at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you. The Ember Podcast is a production of Ember Faith Community. Your hosts are Jeremy Grafe, Allison Spooner, and Kelsey Wallace. Music written and performed by Subaltern Project. All rights reserved, 2017.